Let's go and transition a little bit here. What in your mind makes a good a good head basketball coach? Oh, I don't know. I think you have to be a, a man of many hats, you know. Uh, there's so many things you have to do. Uh, I think each year, you know, teaching and the requirements and the expectations of teaching in school have gotten harder on um, on coaches. And it's just, you know, when I see everything our teachers have to go through, you know, that's that's really kind of not teaching related anymore. Yeah. Uh, just the job has gotten much harder, in my opinion. And then also with parents, you know, you when I first started coaching, parents were of the uh, you know the mindset that um, you know the school's right and, and you know you get up there and you you take what the school's giving you and of course we know that's about 180 degrees with most <laughs> people now so um, you know I think that those have just made things really tougher and and it, that it's you know it's really a, a difficult job um, I think we have a, a great group of young coaches uh, that are so enthusiastic and work so hard and and uh, when there's so many things for them to be able to grab uh now on the internet and and this opportunities and everything and you know i don't think that in our state uh that basketball coaching it's at its highest level people are working really hard and doing a great job and and uh, you know every school's good and and well coached and so it's a tough job uh I, i think what makes a good head coach is just being able to juggle all that and to uh, to try to fit it in with you know the time that you have and and everything you have to do. Yeah. Now, uh, as an athletic director, what are, what are some things that you're looking uh, for in someone that you hire as a head coach? I know over the years you've had to make uh, football hires, and I know some of them have been in house. Uh, some of them haven't. I know you've had to make uh, uh, girls basketball uh, hires as well. So what what are some things as a as an athletic director are you looking at in regards to hiring a head coach? Well, um, I would think that the number one thing I look at is is just a team player. You know, um, uh, we we want someone that's going to come in and fit in, and we feel like we have a, a fantastic school and a great coaching staff that really gets along well and has for many years, and and uh, that's that's the number one thing that that we look for in any coach we hire, whether it's a head coach or or an assistant. You know, is just that man, you're a team player, and you can get along with people and and work with people, and and uh, so many times you see, you know, some really great coaches that. Uh, that they're not good at that. You know, they, they may be terrific in their field and what they do, but there's always little problems at school. They're hard to get along with. They they can't get along with, uh, you know, other coaches. And, and I just don't like to be around uh, coaches like that. I don't like for them to work for me. It doesn't work out well with me, to be honest. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that, that's the number one thing. You know, because we're obviously going to go for knowledgeable people that, that are very good in their field, but uh, just that team attitude and, and, you know, what can I do to help type mentality. Yeah, sometimes we have to do what's best for the school, uh, for the community, and maybe not, not what's, you know, always best just for our program. we got to have that lens of, you know, what's going to be best for for everybody involved and that may be you know giving up a gym one day or or doing something like that and in doing that we had a saying we always talked about building our army you know you want to build your army your army of people that are going to be on your side and uh, it's amazing that you could be at one place for so long coach and have built that army and not not uh, you know made made enemies you know at the same rate does that make sense well, you know there's, 
plenty of those, Brian. <laughs> plenty <laughs> well, of those. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're never going to make everybody happy. If we're if everybody's happy with us, then we're probably not doing our job as coaches. <laughs> That's right. But That's right. Uh, but the fact that you've built your army, uh, people that you know have your back, and people that know that you have the best. Um, in, in mind for the community and school is, is really is really neat to to see what are some things that maybe you've done over the years that have kind of helped build your, build your army try to you know be a team player from your end what are some things that you've done well as an athletic director you know what uh, I quickly quickly realized as a young coach you know I thought that I really cared about basketball basketball was more important to me than the other sports were to the uh, other coaches which, as I, uh, I grew older, I found that was exactly wrong. You know, that everybody is passionate about their sport, and they care about it, and they work so hard at it. So it's just a deal where, you know, I, I want them to know that I have their back. I want them, as an athletic director, I want to be as fair as possible as I can to every sport. I understand the importance it is to the coaches and the, the students that play that sport. And so whatever I can do to uh, help them and, and, you know, in any way possible. I've also taken a lot of pride in that uh, trying to improve facilities uh, yeah. for every sport. We were lucky enough uh, 17 or 18 years ago to build a new gym, a really nice gym that we have. And, and so I've been very proud of some things we've done, like an on-campus softball stadium, uh, numerous athletic improvements. We're building a brand-new tennis center right now. Our football field is getting a brand-new field house and weight room. So, you know, not while I've not done that personally, I've been part of the process that's helped facilitate that, and and um, that's something I'm very proud of. And I think, you know, the, the coaches at our school know that uh, I care about them and I'm going to do everything I can to make their job, facilities, and, you know, whatever their needs are better. Yeah, it's it's really neat as a coach to get new stuff, but the kids – the kids obviously appreciate that too. Whenever they they get something new, whether it's something small like a you know a new mat in the locker room, the the kids are excited too. So that's that's no that's great for the coaches and kind of builds that enthusiasm for for all the programs. When you know, I know the tennis coaches and the the kids that participate in tennis, they're excited, and I'm sure it allows you to maybe it's going to allow you to host some more events too. And so it kind of work works all the way around. Yes. That's that's for sure. <clears throat> All right, uh, last question I have for you, and this is probably the biggest one: is uh, what uh, what were the biggest influences in in you starting your system offensively, defensively there at Burke? I mean, you guys play a up tempo, really unique style that uh, you know you're you're kind of known for, and your team is known for the Duncan Dogs. And so, what uh, uh, what are some influences, and how did that get started? Well, b- believe it or not, when I first started off as a head coach, I played very, very slow. As I said, I played my college coach played for Henry Iba at Oklahoma State, and uh, you know it was kind of out of Hoosiers. We had to make so many passes <laughs> when I was first coaching before you could shoot, and we would win games forty to thirty something or lose forty to thirty something. So I just we were we were kind of going along that way, and and you know it was just. I just didn't feel right, and um, in in about eighty six, eighty seven was when Rick Pitino was at Providence, and the three point line just came into the NCAA, and they made it to the Final Four with Billy Donovan was a guard, and and um, firing threes everywhere, and just really kind of revolutionized, I think, a lot of thinking about you know how the games played, and so I really to this day I really you know enjoy. Um, 
studying and watching a lot of things about Coach Patino. He was at Kentucky and now Louisville. And uh, so we just started thinking about that, and we started looking at our personnel. We were always one of the smaller 4A schools then. There were only 5A back then. We we would always have around about 1,000 students. Everybody else would be much more. And uh, we just started uh, with our Air Force influence on our community. We always had a lot of kids that played, and there wasn't a lot of difference in them. And so in 1988 is when the three-point line came into the high school uh, game, and we happened to have a very deep, small team. We had about 13 or 14 guys, and there wasn't much difference in any of them, and we just said, heck, let's go for it. And, uh <laughs> So we kind of we kind of jumped all in. There was a terrific pressing coach at that time named Steve Middleton. He was at Wichita Falls High School. He and I spent a lot of time together, really visiting about things, and and that was also about the time of you know uh, Loyola Marymount right. trying to shoot so fast and Paul Westhead, and so we just kind of combined really pressing and really trying to to run and on every situation and get up as many shots as we could and and. Uh, you know, I think that if our if our game is successful, it's because we kind of do all of that together. We really try to not let the other team relax in any way. So yeah. it, it's been a really good deal for us. You know, I think that there's a tremendous amount of pros of, of playing that way. Uh, I think obviously you play a lot of people, so people you know are a little happier. We don't two platoon. You know, we've had some great great players. I've been very very lucky, and they might be guys that come out, towel off. We've actually had guys before you came out, get a drink of water, towel off, put yourself back in when you're ready. And yeah. uh, Or if the kids were equal at a position, you might play exactly equal minutes. So we just kind of sub without a pattern and, and really do that. And, um, you know, we think that uh, a lot of kids stay out and a lot of kids get better. Um, in uh, 2011, we made it to the state championship game, and uh, our starting inside guy was a C team player in middle school. Wow! If we'd have cut kids or played less, less kids, um, you know, we would we would probably have cut that kid, or we probably you know would have either moved on to something else. And he grew to about six four and became a terrific player. And and you know, I don't think if. If we'd had a different attitude about playing less people and everything, he might have not even been around. So we've seen that with a lot of kids. But uh, I don't know, playing fast, I think there's some great uh, advantages. You uh, you attack before the defense is set. You know, there's so many great teams, yours included, that when you get down on that half-court defense, man, it's tough. They're going to play terrific defense. They're going to box you out perfectly. And, and when you're running up and down the floor shooting quick, that's not set up. I think defensive transition may be the hardest thing for a defensive team to do, and you get to attack before that great defense gets set up. Um, I think it creates great rebounding situations. You know, once again, you're they're in disarray. They're trying to come down and get the break stopped, and we really harp on our kids. As a matter of fact, it's one thing you'll come out for if, if you're not going to the board on every shot, especially one in transition. Yeah. So I feel like that those are, you know, that once again, they're not really set up for that great box out. They've got to come down, get the break stopped, and, you know, and you can attack them maybe when they're at their weakest. So yeah. uh, we've always felt like that, you know, the other team's five may be better than ours. Maybe they're seven or eight are, but, you know, we think our 12 or 13 are. So we like to get in a ragged game. 
you know, we don't mind foul trouble. We, we, you know, I've heard John Thompson at Georgetown explain he called it a ragged game. They wanted a ragged game, a tough physical game where, you know, maybe teams are wearing down and, and foul trouble doesn't really bother you as much when you play a lot of kids like that. So, you know, those are the type of things we look for. And we always think in the second half that, you know, we got a shot to get the other team. doesn't really matter. Right. In the first half, we want to be close, but... Uh, you know, in the second half that uh, we want to try to get, you know, that we'll have a shot to get them. Yeah. So, you know, we're really big on um, on no turnovers. And, uh, you know, I went back and looked um, that uh, from last year's season, we had a really high-scoring team. We weren't as good defensively as we needed to be to be successful. But uh, we, we averaged 72 shots a game and right at 85 points a game. But we only turned the ball over 12 times a game. Wow. And we do full court drills every day, year round. Some type of full court drill, and and we harp on turnovers. We just tell them we, we can do anything. You can shoot it, almost any type of decent shot, but we cannot turn the ball over. And uh, that's an everyday thing in practice. And and you know, like I said, any type of full court drill, we're we're always doing it. And and no turnovers. That's our biggest thing that we try to eliminate. Yeah. Now uh, let's let's talk about the the defensive end. Does your defense uh, create turnovers? Do do you say, or does it just really speed up the offense, or does it depend on the team? Because I, I know uh, we've played you before, and it seemed like I could be totally wrong. You were you were in a three quarter court press. Sometimes you've been in the full court press. Sometimes it's a half court trap. Uh, is, is your is your philosophy? We got to get as many turnovers as we can, or are we just really trying to speed them up and uh, wear them down? What what is your philosophy defensively? Well, actually, both. You know, we okay. we want to get as many turnovers as possible, and and and. But even if against you know it's a really better team that it's not turning it over much, we feel like we're still wearing them down. You know, that point guard's got to deal with that the entire game, and and so turnovers are great, and we really like to capitalize on them, but. You know, we really feel like that even if we don't get a turnover, we're really putting the pressure on the other team that eventually we can kind of wear them down. Okay. And, you know, it's it's really hard when you're playing like that to, uh, if you're not used to it, to, to make those shots in the second half. Right. You know, if you're, if you're wearing down a little bit and, and things like that. So we, we really, you know, uh, I would say we're really of, of both mindsets on that. Okay, good deal. Now, uh, talking about this system, uh, I'm guessing this is something that you'll implement with your seventh grade, or y'all, are y'all trying to do it maybe in you know, with the, with the Pee Wee teams? How how are you uh, putting this uh, this system into place? Well, we do do it in our middle schools, uh, you know, but we won't we won't hold their feet to it. A lot of times, our middle school teams might not have the athletes of the bigger schools that we play, so we're not going to make them press the entire game, you know, or the the other team could just beat them badly. <laughs> so, but, but they will be pressing, and they're they're running, and we do the, we do a lot of full court drills with them. We really like we really think you know even our our bigger guys, if we have a big guy, we make him do the same drills the guards do. And, uh, you know, we, we want them running up and down and catching the ball and, and, uh, you know, any type of, any type of movement where they're catching and dribbling and having to play. We do a ton of, of situational drills like that. And we do start those in the middle school. Yeah. Once kids get to high school, um, our ninth grade and JV teams, they, they will press all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and really kind of do exactly the same stuff. 
That's that's really good. Well, Coach, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. I always enjoy talking to you. We're not coming to the Whataburger this year because of football being pushed back a week, but I'm hoping to, to catch you guys play sometime during the season. Is there, uh, is there anything else uh, that we didn't cover that you'd want to mention to our audience? Any words of wisdom or advice before we let you go? No, I I don't think so, Brian. I I appreciate you um, having me on. And, and, you know, I'd just like to tell everybody I'm so proud of how hard everybody works for basketball in our state. You know, coming from a coach that began in the late 70s, you know, everything that that basketball coaches have had to fight for and, and, uh, you know, it's it's been terrific. It's, It's not to say anything bad about any other sport or anything, but I'm just really proud of the advancements that basketball has made in our state. And I think the group of coaches that we have now are even pushing it even further. I mean, just like I said earlier, uh, there's so many good coaches, so many guys that are working so hard, and you know, and TABC is really strong. And like the Hardwood High School is such a neat uh, thing for coaches and all that uh, that does. And I'm just really proud of where our game is today.